0: On February 25, 1957, Frederick Benosis found the dead body of a young boy, about four to six years old, wrapped in a flannel blanket inside of a cardboard box. Police were sure they would have the boy's identity and the killer in a few days, but over 60 years later, the case still remains unsolved. This is the case of America's unknown child, the boy in the box. you are listening to Old-Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott.
1: Alright, welcome to Old-Timey Crimey. I'm Christy. I'm Scott. And we're here for another week of uh, mayhem and murder.
0: Our therapists make so much money off of us. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> therapists, the insurance company, you know, the pharmaceutical
0: companies. Let's not forget the tissue paper companies. There's oh, yes. Plenty of crying going on after these. I actually
1: said at one point during my therapy session today, which wasn't about this, but I said at one point, I was just like, like, gathered up all of my balled-up Kleenexes to put them in the garbage, and I was like, I should have bought
0: stock and Kleenex. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. So, how's your week going? You know what? It's not been too bad. There's been little bumps in the road, mm-hmm. but I always look at them as, here's the bump in the road, but that's okay. I'm not focusing on the bump. I'm focusing on how to put stuff back together.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. You're and so positive.
0: I, I try to be. I try to be. I'm forcing myself <laughs> to be. I went to the doctor this week. I went with one problem and I, the problem was I'm heavy and I've started to plateau. I've started to gain weight back again. So I decided, okay, get back to the doctor, get back on the diet and get 90% of my <laughs> stomach removed in six months. <laughs> so doing the gastric sleeve and the doctor, Sits me down, and he goes, uh, do you exercise? And I said, yeah, yeah. And I said, in fact, there's this cute Aztec girl at the gym that I don't know the name of <laughs> that I can't pronounce. And he goes, well, stop trying to impress her so much because you've ripped yourself apart. I now have an umbilical hernia, and I have something called... Diastasis recti, which has nothing to do with my asshole. I was surprised. When you see here recti, you think, hey, rectum, right? I'm not going to
1: lie. When you first told me, that's where my brain went. Yeah. I, I was I, like, oh, what are we talking about now? I, I, almost,
0: <laughs> I almost said the doc, Jesus, you didn't even look there. You know, how, how, are you, how are you making this diagnosis here, doctor? I don't know if I trust you. Apparently, what I've done, I want you to picture a six-pack. Mm-hmm. Six-pack of beer, that's your stomach, right? Yeah. Now, I want you to give three of those beers to one of your friends and three of those beers to your other friend and just separate it right down the middle so that they Uh, can each carry three beers. That's what my six-pack has done.
1: Oh, no. Yeah,
0: so my six-pack has separated. So, yeah, went in with one, ended with three. But the doctor says he's going to be able to put me back together whenever he opens me up (laughs) to take out the stomach and... You know, and maybe if, like, maybe if the diastasis recti doesn't correct itself, it sometimes does correct itself. If it doesn't, he said, whenever they remove all the skin, and he went into great detail about how they're going to remove the skin, he said, you'll look like the survivor of a magic trick sawing a woman in half gone horribly wrong. Oh, God. Because I'm going to have, like, a 360-degree cut the entire way around my waist. And then up my thighs into my crotch. They're going to take, like, stuff out. And he said, I have to be careful when I go to the bathroom because I could split my... I could split the crotch in my skin pants. Oh,
1: my God.
0: <laughs> this is a nightmare. <laughs> this is like a body horror thing. But this is what I have to do so that my outside reflects my inside. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to do. Because I'm an... We were talking about this. I am not the same Scott that I was a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You
1: definitely you've, you've changed a lot. Yeah.
0: Well, what what's been going on in your week?
1: Okay, so mine's gonna sound really vain after yours. You know, you're you're self reflecting and everything, <laughs> but I don't want to talk about the sad stuff because I did that in therapy. It, it's not and, gonna it,
0: it's not gonna sound vain. I'm having ninety percent of my stomach removed, so I look cuter. <laughs> <laughs> That's vain.
1: <laughs> it's for your health. You know that.
0: Yeah, but the skin is definitely so I look cute. Well, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, mine is just... Okay, so every year... I like I like changing my hair up. Okay. Um, it's just a nice thing to do to... You know, it's a change of pace, but it's not a huge commitment, you know? And, and so, it, 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 so you're desperately looking for your hat. <laughs> um, I had that.
0: My hair is a mess. It's... <laughs> Vanity! It's fine. <laughs>
1: and... <laughs> and um, So yeah, and and I like going a little bit, not too extreme, but a little bit extreme. I did some mermaid colors last summer... Um, and then my in-laws, when I went back to blonde, were, were very, very encouraging. Oh, I like this so much. I was like, oh, that's funny. This is your way of trying to discourage me. Well, good luck with that. Um, so I went a little calmer this time. We did a rose gold and it's, uh, because of my, my hair color, it's like a darker rose gold. So it's kind of like reddish, but, um, I absolutely love it. And I walked out of the, out of the salon feeling like a million bucks, which was what I needed this week, you know, and it's also that that freedom that I get over the summer to do what I want. Because during the the year, I have to be professional-looking. And, uh, you know, you can say professors, you know, the the very first professor I had, my very first class of college, he walked in in faded black jeans and, like, a Black Sabbath t-shirt or something like that. I can't even remember. Maybe it was Metallica. And, you know, and and he proceeded to drop an F-bomb in the first class. But... Yeah, some professors can get away with that. I teach technical writing. Mm-hmm. I need to always be an example of professionalism. So I can't walk in there with my pink hair and expect I dis- to get away with
0: that. I disagree. Pink mohawk, safety pin through the nose. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Sunglasses come off, another pair of sunglasses underneath. <laughs> First words you need to say, how you little motherfuckers doing. <laughs> Drop your voice yes. about one octave.
1: <laughs> how
0: you motherfuckers doing.
1: There it is. <laughs> there
0: it is oh motherfucker.
1: motherfucker i told Did... my mom not to listen to this because of the swearing oh. <laughs> she can't handle hearing her children swear it's she can handle like other people but her children it just hurts her so i was like don't listen to this one
0: <laughs> my mom used to bust my chops all the time because she she would listen to me record the old podcast mm. right my, my transformers podcast and it, on older episodes, like if you listen to episodes like you know, five or seven or stuff like that. Now we're at like 437, I think. Oh my. And you can hear it go, Scott, do you have to swear like that? <laughs> yes, mom.
1: <laughs> my mom didn't even like us to use the word freaking. Freaking. When we were in high school, because she knew what it was replacing. Of course. You know, like we so we couldn't we could have come up with a whole new word. It could have been like noodling. You know, you you stop that noodling bullshit right now. And she would have been like, you stop saying noodling. She would have ignored the bullshit though. Really?
0: (laughs) She is she is herself. We'll say that. (laughs) She my mom is. She's my mom. My mom would drop the s bomb Hmm. like it was nothing. And several times I do remember her saying, I hate it whenever you curse. Stop that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had a wonderful moment with my my mother-in-law one year, uh, a little
1: early on in our marriage. And uh, my husband's friend, he was making a, a film. And mm-hmm. he was wanted to use my husband's house, or his parents' house, as a location. And Jackson and I were both in the, in the movie. And he shows me my part of the script. And I have to say, oh, fuck. And I'm like, I'm not... I, we got to find a way to get my mother-in-law out of the mm-hmm. next room because I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. And uh, we couldn't. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to do this. And we went, got, got through like three takes. And finally I was like, I don't know if I like that or not. And she yells out from the living room, like the next room over, she yells, I like the second fuck the best. There it is. (laughs) I was like, all right, I feel much better about
0: this. You need to be comfortable with swearing because how are you going to pick up prostitutes if you can't swear? (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You can't pull up to a street prostitute and say, hey, Bench, how much for you to fudge this duck? They don't (laughs) understand what that means.
1: (laughs) All right. All right. On that weird note, I guess we should probably launch into our case this I
0: week. I guess so. We're going all the way back to February 23rd, 1957. Yep. A little late for us. Yeah, a little later than we said we would, but it's still
1: it's still the fifties. Right. So we can just go back to our old podcast, edit out where we said 1950, and make it 1950s. Right.
0: I, I think I think this story is too important. To classify as new, honestly. We're we're talking about the boy in the box, mm-hmm. also known as America's Unknown Child. Um, truly, truly sad case. In February twenty-third, nineteen fifty-seven, a young boy, very malnourished, is found wrapped in a plaid blanket off the Susquehanna Road in Fox Chase, Philadelphia.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's four to five years old, or depending on some sources, stretched it out to like six or seven, possibly like four to six or seven. So it was kind of it was really hard to pinpoint his age. I mean, he he was severely malnourished, judging by the the, the photos. I would pin it at around five. I, that's just my my uh, person who doesn't have children
0: guess. Right, right. But malnourishment. It seemed like this boy had been malnourished for a long time, and that can make that can make really pinpointing a date, you know, really difficult, especially by nineteen fifty seven standards.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they they had a hard time even pinpointing how long he'd been there, because it was winter. So you know you have those like variations in weather that can really change the the rate of decomposition, and you know so they they really weren't sure. Um, yeah. According to uh, police, they they speculate that um he may have been in that box between two and three days or two to three weeks. That's a, that's a large span of time. It makes it a lot harder to find you know, sightings of
0: people in the area or any sort of leads, really. Right. And there is kind of a, a little like, feeling of glamour. Whenever I first thought of this, I pictured like the boy laid out, wrapped in the box in a pristine field, it wasn't nearly that glamorous. He was discarded along with a bunch of car parts. Mm-hmm. you know, there's junk and there's litter laying by the side of the road, and he was just he was tossed out it was it was it was heartbreaking because here's this kid. he's tossed out and just left in the garbage with other pieces of garbage. Mm-hmm. It was you, you get the feeling that whoever did this, if they could have just put him in the trash,
1: they would have they would yeah. have yeah. yeah, which is which is absolutely tragic. And, you know, disgusting, too, on their part, you know, it's, 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 humanity can sink so low sometimes that it really is depressing. Um, he had, speaking of, uh, deep bruises, uh, all over his body and face. Um, an interesting description of him. Blue eyes, uh, he had a fair complexion, medium to light brown hair, and they, they sp- specifically noted that the hair was crudely cut. And you add the malnourished in there, and yet this this one always throws me off. Neatly trimmed nails.
0: That all could have been done post mortem.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But the the trimming the nails, I I don't understand unless there were maybe I don't think they they really had enough. In their arsenal of you know fighting crime back then to like look under the nails for you know DNA and stuff like that, so I, I don't see that as a possible reason. I just don't understand the trimming of the nails.
0: I think that whoever did this was doing everything they could to make this boy not look like the person they killed to
1: obscure his identity, right? Yeah, because there okay. were
0: still clumps of hair attached to the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that was like,
1: that was almost definitely done after after he was killed.
0: Absolutely, there is actually a theory out there, and we'll we'll get more into the theories later, that whoever had this child was raising him as a girl.
1: Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, So So that could also explain. Exactly,
0: making it look more masculine than feminine, fair complexion longer hair we're talking 1957 yeah you know boys did not have long hair in 57 boys didn't have long nails in 1957 Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it is an interesting theory i don't know if i buy into it i think it was just neglect yeah absolutely and maybe there was some guilt Mm -hmm. associated with this of oh my god what have i done maybe if i cut his hair he'll come back to life maybe if i trim his nails he'll come back to life the the brain of whoever did this is severely fucking warped.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I found it very interesting. Um, this wasn't... It took two people to find him because one one person found him and he... A young man, he's not really named, I don't think, anywhere, but he was checking on his muskrat traps, um, but that trapping muskrats was illegal. So when he finds the, the box and the boy, he doesn't report it to the police because he doesn't want to explain what he was doing there. And then two days the, later. The actual reason
0: he gave whenever he finally did man up. I did see somewhere where he said he was chasing a rabbit. Well, he uh, actually, that's the second man.
1: Oh, okay. All right. the, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: The first boy was afraid his traps would be confiscated.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's. If you're. If you're. If you find a body, no matter what you're doing, unless you're placing another body where you found this body. For the love of God, tell the police. They're going to probably look the other way.
1: And and we could say like even if you are placing a body there, but we probably can't expect yeah. <laughs> those people to do it to call the police. Technically, it's,
0: it's, if you're hiding one, it's probably being a little too optimistic. You know, if you're hiding one and find and you find another, does that mean that what you found is a really good hiding spot, <laughs> or does it mean you should probably find your own hiding spot because this one's going to get crowded real quick?
1: I think uh, it's I think it's option B. Okay, yeah, option B. Fair
0: Get your own damn hiding spot, yeah. said a mysterious voice from the woods that sounded <laughs> a lot like Scott.
1: <laughs> so then a couple days after the first guy, uh, a, a young man, uh, his last name is Benosis, uh, he found the body. Uh, he actually did go to the police after a day. One day. One day. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Do you know why he waited a day? Well, he was chasing a rabbit. No, he was spying on young women at the Good Shepherd School, a school for wayward young women. That wasn't on the Wikipedia page. (laughs) I don't know where I found that. I think it's history, mystery, something like that. Um, Yeah, he was, he was, I I, I saw that one in a couple locations. He was spying on women at a, uh, young women at a school for wayward girls, like across the river or something like that. Yeah. That and so he genius. waited a day until he, he went, you know, he was at school and he, he, I think it was probably weighing on him and he mentioned it and somebody was like, yeah, you should probably tell someone in authority.
0: Honestly, besides the whole thing of not, you know, not reporting the body, really, if you're going to get laid as a young man, I'm thinking of the school for wayward girls. It's pretty much a billboard saying free vagina.
1: Was probably exactly what was going through his head. Yeah. Except in 1957 speak. And I don't think that was 1957
0: speak. No. What would 1957... Oh, those girls? I I was perusing a catalog of women of loose morals. (laughs) I think that's going back about 30 or 40 years, but sure. Uh, It would probably be better to go, go back farther than to go... What were you doing there? Trying to be hit by an avalanche of vagina.
1: (laughs) There you go. That's the ticket. Yeah, there it
0: is. (laughs) Vagina-lanch.
1: Vagina vagina avalanche. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, back to Sirius. They also... 270 police academy recruits. They went over this whole area uh, multiple times. They found a man's blue corduroy cap, a child's scarf, And a man's white handkerchief with the letter G in the corner. And these were all dead ends.
0: And to be fair, for those dead ends, let's go out here in the woods. Oh, yeah. Behind your house. I guarantee we're probably going to find, like, if we search a hundred square foot area, we will probably find a man's blue corduroy cap, a child scarf, and... maybe not monogram with g but i bet we'll find a handkerchief
1: yeah the thing is is that people i mean if we discovered this the hard way with our first house people used to just use their you know especially if they had woods in the back like mm-hmm. we always have that was their garbage dump yeah that was we we spent you know several days picking through you know many many glass bottles in the woods and you know behind our first house and i'm sure there are some behind this house and, yeah, that, that was basically how you dealt with your garbage. I guess, you know, garbage surfaces hadn't really become a thing yet, which they needed to because that's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. How much shit are you releasing into the environment? If you're just like, eh, this bottle of bleach only has like a tenth left in it. It's about done. Psh! Toss,
0: <laughs> Toss it into ble- the woods. Bleach should probably not be that bad. But it's still pretty bad.
1: It's still pretty bad. Yeah. You know, in a you know, cumulative... This is, you know, not
0: really great. Yeah. Where I grew up in Salisbury, there's this road called River Road. Mm-hmm. Right? River Road was famous for two things. There was a cult on there. Oh, well, that, that's... That was pretty big. Yeah. There was a cult. It was called the Americana Leadership Center. Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. At- afterwards, and every couple of years, they would change their name. I think whenever I left there, it was still there whenever I left. So I imagine it's probably still there now. I think it was called the Peace Community Church, or something like that, or the PCP, or I don't know. (laughs) come join our cult, PCP. Everybody called it the ALC.
1: We're really strong and angry.
0: Yes. (laughs) It'll be a great time. But just down the road from the ALC, this cult was this sheer embankment, and as people would go by for 50 years... They just threw their shit mm-hmm. out there, and me and my buddy Barry, we snuck onto the ALC's land once just to see what was there. Oh my! And we—that's where we found the land of a thousand bottles. Yeah, we called it cans, mostly bottles. Yeah, yeah, lots of bottles. Two cars. Oh, our and a dead goat.
1: Oh my! Oh yeah, my poor goat. <laughs> yeah. Our our neighbors in that first house—they had um. I don't remember if it was, I think it was theirs. They had, uh, you know, in their earlier years, they were in their like 50s and they'd been in that house for like 30 years. They had put a car, just like a car that wasn't, was disused. They just parked it kind of in the backyard and eventually everything grew over it to the extent that you had like two thirds of a car just poking out of a hill. (laughs) It was kind of ridiculous. This sounds so trashy, but it was really like they were great, nice people. They just didn't, after a certain point, they were like, we don't even know how to get this thing out, you know, (laughs) like, and nobody can see it from the road, so I guess we'll just leave it. They were really very, you know, very nice people. Um, So,
0: and it's kind of a thing, whenever I think about this case, mm -hmm. I'm kind of thinking of like that land of a thousand bottles. That's where I picture this boy being dumped.
1: Yeah. Uh, And it was. uh, it was really... They They did not find anything. There were no missing children uh, that fit his description. They they followed lead after lead after lead, only to come to dead end after dead end after dead end.
0: Really, the best clue they had was that the cardboard box that the boy was in was from a bassinet that was sold in J.C. Penney.
1: Yes, yes. So,
0: so they, they go to the local J.C. Penny and they find out 12 of these bassinets have been sold. Mm-hmm. They've got addresses for... Oh, yeah, a handful of the people, most of them, I think they tracked down as many as eight. I 12. saw 11
1: so like, in, one, in one source, so yeah. I, I'm not sure. Because um, they, they actually, one source said that they... Um we're actually able to narrow it down, because of that 12, they, they figured out who the 11 other people were, and so they were able to figure out from records, because it was paid for with cash, so there was no actual record of it, uh, that it was sold between December 27th, 1956, and February 16th, 1957. But that's
0: still no guarantee that whoever bought it killed the boy. Absolutely, no. It, I have boxes in my house from stuff that I've never bought before. Yeah. Anybody who's moved. Look look over there yes, yes. we are literally surrounded by cardboard boxes believe it or not
1: okay my house isn't fat okay it's it's
0: it's I, one we need... two three four five six seven and there's some blankets over some stuff and i bet there's some cardboard boxes under the blankets
1: there are not the blankets are nine, sound nine. i see nine <laughs> my house sound like a hoarder's <laughs> paradise. It's not. It's, it's a very nice.
0: It's much cleaner than my house. But I have five cats, so...
1: I do need to vacuum and also, like, some of this will be gone in a couple weeks. That's oh, the yeah. hot tub. It'll be out on the patio. Yeah, yeah. So, so there, now my house sounds nicer. There's no. a hot tub and a patio. No, her house is very nice. Her <laughs> house is very nice.
0: This is, there's a reason why but we you, do this here you, instead of my place.
1: You do have a point, though, about the boxes. You know, like, it could have been a gift given to someone. Mm-hmm. You, there's, it's really, it's not a conclusive lead, and it didn't end up being conclusive.
0: Honestly, what's the first thing you do with your cardboard boxes whenever you don't need them? You get rid of them.
1: Yeah. Either somebody's moving or you recycle them. I'm sure they weren't recycling back then, but maybe they, you know, just tossed it. Maybe this was a box that was just tossed out into the woods by this river and somebody, you know, like came along with the dead body. Oh, well, here's a box. We'll just put them in there. So there's really absolutely, you know, like it it could have just been some more garbage, you know, alongside the road. So yeah, that wasn't really any help. Uh, They... Compared his fingerprints and his footprints to uh, a national database and local hospital records, nothing, which really makes you wonder about the circumstances of his birth or his life prior to this. Was he moved from somewhere? Uh, Was he, you know, birthed at home and then never, you know, like registered at the hospital, never did fingerprints and stuff like that? And this
0: is a boy, he also had scars. He had surgical scars.
1: Yeah, yeah, there had been procedures done on him. Yeah,
0: there was a surgical scar on his ankle, one on his groin. A non-surgical scar in the shape of an L underneath of his chin. And this boy, four to five years is what they kind of estimated his age at. But with malnourishment, could have been eight, could have been ten. Malnourishment can do hellish things. Do you remember that girl that was kidnapped that escaped a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. And she was malnourished. That woman, she looks like she's only four foot five, four foot six.
1: There was another case of... Uh, this was, Oh, this was a horrifying one. This was just within the past year or so, I think, and it was several children uh, that were being basically held captive almost, pretty much by their parents. I mean, they would be, like, handcuffed to their beds. And... The police, even neighbors, you know, they, they thought, you know, like some of these t- children who were, you know, teenagers, they thought they were twelve, yeah. you know, because they were still so, so You do raise a good point that it, it does severely hamper the ability to actually pinpoint an age.
0: If the body doesn't have the the raw materials to build, it will not build. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple, it yeah. won't heal either. Um, so yeah, the that's that's the one that gets me. At some point. At some point, somebody cared enough about this kid to get him to a doctor. Yeah. To do the surgery on him. That's a great point. But the doctor wouldn't have said, "Wait a minute, this kid's." I th- I know of no doctor today that would that even like if you brought a kid in and it was it was malnourished and and it had like a bruise on it. I know of no doctor today, none, and I can't imagine. 57? 55? I can't imagine any doctor back then. In fact, I would say they'd be more likely to back then than now because the risk of being sued is so much less back then. Than yeah, now.
1: that's true. Although there, there might have been a, a certain, you know, not my business thing about it, you know, like at least as far as the reporting of the malnourishment and everything is concerned. But then you have this you know, boy being found. So you would think that the doctor who had done it would at least, at that point, after he's found, say, oh, "I guess I better report this." Yeah. That to me indicates that maybe this was done; th- th- these procedures were done somewhere else, definitely not locally, where where the case was very, very well known. I mean, the they plastered
0: pictures all over the place. Oh, yeah. four, they sent out yeah four hundred thousand flyers.
1: They sent these with the gas, gas bills. Bill. Can yeah. you
0: imagine? I'm sorry. Can you imagine? Like my well, like, Jesus Christ. I wonder what the gas bill is going. On. It's been so fucking cold, and you open it up. Picture of a dead child. Yeah. Or... All of a sudden, oh, that $300 gas bill doesn't mean that much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Your life seems a little bit brighter at that moment. Yeah. yeah.
0: And a little bit. That's a that's a hellish thing to do. You you think there was like yeah. a little thing danger. Pictures of dead bodies inside, printed on the gas bill, or anything like that.
1: You mean a 1957 trigger warning? Yeah,
0: no, <laughs> it didn't happen. No, no, I imagine they were just used to it by that point. Pretty <laughs> <Very laughs> much. So, so yeah, they had they were doing a lot, and a they were lot. They were certain he was going to be ID'd in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. They they dressed the body
1: in children's clothing, um, posed it sitting up, tried to make it like you know look real. Um, thinking that that would help instead of, you know, like a sketch or something like that, or even a picture of a a dead body, you know, like the the face in repose looks different. You know, your face when you're sleeping looks different than when you're awake. And I imagine that's the same thing, you know, when you're, you're sitting up versus laying down. Mm -hmm. So thinking that that would help people envision him as alive, that did not help.
0: Not a thing. Not a thing. It was, it was weird. Once again, I go back to this. I've said this in previous episodes. It's almost like something supernatural didn't want this boy to be identified. There were clues everywhere. And every clue absolutely has hit, not just hit a dead end there, but it has hit a dead end all the way up to the present day. There are people still trying to figure out who this boy was. Well, keep in mind,
1: just as a non-devil's advocate against your you supernatural theory. Um, you know, the, the cops didn't really communicate between departments. So there was that. There there's not very much coordination going on. And in addition to that, you have the fact that so much time has passed, potentially 2 to 3 days to 2 to 3 weeks. You know, especially if it's at the at the outside 2 to 3 weeks, they, you know, a lot of these leads that could have been hot have turned cold. The, the Whoever did it could have fled the area. Um, he could have been from outside the area and somebody brought him there. And so, you know, like if the case didn't reach too far outside, there's just so many different, you know, X factors mm-hmm. and so many different things that hampered the case that I, I really think that that, you know, it made it much more difficult to solve. I, I can get that.
0: I can get that. But I mean, it's, it's even... In August of 2018, Barbara Ray Venter, who was the who was the DNA analyst who ID'd the Golden State Killer, she kind of she kind of started to use DNA to try to ID mm-hmm. the America's Unknown Child. And we still haven't heard anything one way or the other. That doesn't yeah. mean
1: that she isn't going to be able to. It just means that she's she's keeping mom about it. Right. I've seen right. I've seen articles where they've referenced that and they've said you know. She had no comment. So it's just, you know, it doesn't
0: mean that it's failed. It just means that, you know, but we were still trying up to this day. Imagine, imagine that finding out that there's somebody out there. I can't imagine, I can't imagine that this person has no living relatives whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Imagine just walking around. You did like the DNA test, like the 23andMe, and you find out that like you're the cousin. Mm-hmm. Or the, or, you know, the the great grand of of this missing case—that's got to mess with your
1: head. Well, if you want to hear an extended mm-hmm. version of that, listen to the Bear Brook uh, podcast because I have
0: yet to listen to that. Oh, I... you
1: absolutely need to, and you need to set aside time because it is bingeable. It is so bingeable, and there's they they go into some of the technology used.
0: It's absolutely
1: fascinating.
0: I, I'm familiar with the case, mm-hmm. familiar with the case, but I haven't listened to the podcast yet.
1: Like I didn't even have uh, Jackson. You know he. he I, I didn't want to listen to the whole thing again. It was great. But I, I still was like, you know, I, I'm, I don't so much re-listen to things as, as much as I re-watch stuff. I'm a big re-watcher. But I had the one episode on the technology that they used. To, I was so fascinated by it that I was like, Jackson, you got to hear this. <laughs> like, just, well, <laughs> well, I'll re-listen to this. You've got to hear how they went about this. It's really fascinating. So, but yeah, um, I think we should go in a, a little bit to the, the cause of death. Rewinding a little bit. Multiple blows to the head. And, um, this is kind of gross, so a little warning. Uh, There was a brown residue in his esophagus uh, that kind of, that made the police think that he had vomited shortly beforehand. And it had been about two or three hours prior to his death since he had eaten. So, which, the malnourishment could have been the quality of food, rather or you know quality and quantity because he was still at least eating something Mm -hmm. clearly it was only two or three hours it wasn't you know it wasn't even you know six eight he had eaten something fairly recently so could have just been you know a a family with you know in a food desert or something like
0: that have have you ever gone through a period of malnourishment Mm -hmm. yes um... yeah do you remember the first thing you ate afterwards yes did you see it twice (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah same <here. laughs> that's
1: true actually yeah, his stomach may have just not been able to handle it I didn't think of that but good connection yeah Wait, Yeah. so um, so yeah they, they, they started going through you know the, the possible suspects they started uh, it was Frederick Benosis I didn't have his first name on the on the first reference to him but he was the one who was spying on wayward young girls um, he cleared a lie detector test, which we know now are bullshit and I'm sure there were even more bullshit back mm-hmm. then, but it, you know it, it, it it's it's flimsy at best, but I kind of I don't feel like reporting it to the police would have been something he would have done right if he was guilty yeah, so uh yeah, that doesn't feel right and then we have this is an interesting series of events um, that I, I dug into a little bit. Uh, the the Nicolettis with the foster home. Yeah. Arthur I've and got, Catherine.
0: I've got questions about the Nicolettis. I've
1: got a lot of questions about the Nicolettis and I believe, I'm believe i pretty sure the cops still have a lot of questions. Yeah.
0: So, in ugh, one, one and a half miles from the crime scene. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very was, close. There was this foster home. Uh, the awesomely named Remington Bristow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great name. That's a
1: fantastic name.
0: That's that's like a spy name. Yeah, yeah. That's like a 1850s cowboy spy, Remington Bristow. Uh, he was he belonged to the medical examiner's office. Um, he he contacts a New Jersey psychic. Yes, Florence
1: Sternfeld.
0: Yes. Another great name, but in the opposite direction. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: She, you can just kind of picture, her. She's, she's, she feels normal, like, like not like some eccentric psychic that you would see on a TV show that really wants to, you know, really pound home almost too hard that this is somebody who's really out there and she's, you know, very woo-woo and new right. agey. She feels like she's probably got her hair in a beehive.
0: Right. Florence, hair in the beehive, bifocals that are kind of halfway down her nose. But
1: also I feel like she definitely chain smokes.
0: Yeah. Here's the problem. <laughs> I'm kind of sensing... I'm sensing there's going to be a house that's about a mile and a half away from here. And, excuse me, dear. Ah. (laughs) That's where you're going to find your answers.
1: There's a stone house. house. Wooden, railing, Log cabin.
0: You know, here's the thing, sir. And I sense this coming from you. I get the feeling that you are of the male persuasion. (laughs) Um... What I'm thinking is, I can see, I can see in my mind's eye, you have some vision problems. And it's like saying, there, really, tell me more, as he's pushing his glasses (laughs) off. It's just going to get worse and worse and deteriorate as you get older. Your vision will get worse as you get older. (laughs) And eventually, you're just going to burn people while you talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) This is the obvious psychic. I, I don't... I don't put a lot of faith in psychics. I
1: don't either. Um, You do hear about some, sometimes, I was just listening to a podcast, uh, it was an episode of Small Town Murder, actually, Mm -hmm. where, uh, I wish I could reference the exact episode number, but they, there was a a series of murders that was happening, and so they actually did, you know, go to a psychic, Mm -hmm. and she couldn't pinpoint them, I don't think she could pinpoint them towards the suspect, but she did say, it's gonna be another one in two weeks, and exactly two weeks... There you go, another murder. so yeah, but i I don't I don't know. i it it's I, I feel like most I feel like the vast majority of people who put themselves forth as psychics are frauds, yeah, but yeah. I think there's a potential for at least a few people to actually be on the up and up.
0: Let me put it to you this way. I'm with you. I don't put a lot of faith in people who come out and go, "I'm psychic, mm-hmm. but I do believe in psychic phenomena, yeah. So, I, I think that maybe there are a handful, and I mean a handful Yeah, we're talking people, like one in a million or even one right, in a billion. Right. There are a handful of people that can't control it. I think that there was a guy named Ingo Swann, who I honestly believe, if there was an honest-to-God psychic, that, yes, this man was psychic. And he actually worked with the American military to turn people into psychics. Wow. And... Here's here's a little bit of creepiness for you. Okay, the program was called the Project Stargate, and it's essentially uh, remote control uh, remote viewing is what it was called controlled remote viewing CRV, and it is I've done remote viewing. It is the most boring thing you can do. It is absolutely boring. <laughs> It fucking works. Are you I, serious? I am not kidding. So may I borrow your pen? Absolutely. So I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna write this down, but I'm gonna do a visual. There was a website where they would take you through, and it was a free website. You can do it, you can do it if you want. Mm-hmm. They would take you through this thing, and they go, Okay, this is how you do it. This is the mindset that you put yourself in. And you're sitting there and you just got your eyes closed and you're focusing, and as things come to you, you just kind of sketch them down. Mm -hmm. So I sketch down this squiggle. And as I sit there about 15 minutes later, I see another squiggle. So I kind of sketch it down like that. And about 10 minutes later, another squiggle like that. And then like this, I did this for like an hour and a half. About 30 minutes later, I see a box. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just putting these down with my eyes closed wherever I feel. And I see this little loop. And what I get out of this is what looks like a three-armed octopus with a box sitting in front of it. Okay. Right? I go to what they had me sketch. And it was a hot air balloon being refueled with three lines running to it. And I actually sat there and went, fuck. Fuck. What do you mean? How do you mean you went to what they had to... So, it's a thing where they will actually give you coordinates. Okay. They'll give you, like, GPS coordinates.
1: Oh, I see. I and, see. So, you the, had to, like, think of these coordinates? You
0: had to keep these coordinates in mind. Okay. And whatever came up...
1: I get it That's now.
0: what... And these coordinates meant nothing. They were just yeah. something for you to focus on. And then you would click Next, and it would choose a picture at random from their files. And it came to be this hot air... It was a picture of a hot air balloon. the The box was the basket... The little loop at the top was the balloon being filled up, and then the the fuel lines were the three lines that yeah. I saw running from this. It I couldn't have got a hot air balloon being filled out of out of what yeah, I Yeah, no, I wouldn't have. Right. But it's it's this it's this thing where they would use it in a weird way in the military. Mm-hmm. The way that they would use this this TRV, technical remote viewing or controlled remote viewing, is they would go let's say they wanted to find out if a certain person would be alive or dead on Friday. hmm Right. So they would go, sketch me the picture that I'm going to show you on Friday. Oh, okay. And then they would pick two very different pictures, not tell the person what they were, not even tell the person I'm going to show you a picture, just give them the coordinates. Right. And whichever one, came close there would be one picture that you showed the person if the person was dead another one if they were alive and so they did this little neat little workaround, and they could okay the you know five of the people sketched this thing that kind of looks like this one photo the person's going to be alive friday and then that person would be shown the correct photo on friday whether the person has succeeded or failed okay so yeah do I believe in psychic phenomena? Yes. Do I believe psychics can be trained? Yes. Do I believe in Florence? Not especially.
1: <laughs> really? I kind of do.
0: Yeah? Yeah. That's okay. I kind of
1: do. I feel, like, I feel like it's so specific, um, like what, what she told him to look for. And she, she seemed to, yeah, it could be a gimmick, but she seemed to have a very specific um, way of doing things. She, she said she could ID someone by holding a piece of metal that was connected to that person. And so what Bristow did was he brought two staples from the box, the, the infamous box. And yeah, and then they, they brought her to Philadelphia and she brought him right to the home. They were, I, I guess they were like, okay, so you describe this place to me, bring me to it. And she was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> or, sorry, sorry. All right. <laughs> all
0: right. All right, dear. <laughs> and to Florence's credit, even though I'm sorry... I don't believe you, Florence. I, I believe you got lucky in this case. And Remington, to his credit, he pursued this case until his death in 1993. But Remington gets to the foster home. They find the bassinet, a bassinet of the type that would have been sold with the box. Blankets similar to the one that the boy was wrapped in. They And they find a creepy relationship.
1: Yes, yes, they do. Um... It didn't happen until years later, but I I, I get the feeling that the the, the cops were, were on to what was going on. Um yeah, Arthur Nicoletti, the uh the, the, the man of the house.
0: Arthur, 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 you bad boy. Yeah,
1: you disgusting boy. You filthy um
0: filthy bastard. His uh
1: his He's wife alive. Catherine died. <laughs> He's probably he, listening
0: to us right now. Oh, fun. Do you ever worry about that? only when
1: we're closer to the the present (laughs) (laughs) only when we this is probably one of the first times I've worried about it Scott and
0: Christy know too much (laughs) yes
1: so, he marries his stepdaughter,
0: Anna. Ew! Yes. You Woody Allen motherfucker, you.
1: Damn Ew! it, you stole my joke. I'm sorry. I've been thinking about that one for two days.
0: Dude, go ahead. Do your joke. I'll, <laughs> no, edit, no, no, I'll no. edit mine out.
1: No, no, no. It's all yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I'm curious. What could have been if I just wouldn't have trod on this timeline?
1: I was just going to say, like, hey, where did Woody Allen come from? That was exactly. that was all I had.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, ew. absolutely, ew. So, ew. there
1: was some speculation that the boy in the box could have been um, their child, the yeah. child of Arthur and Anna. Anna had, uh, she had a few children. She had four children out of wedlock. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but at the time...
0: There was everything there wrong was with There was everything that. wrong
1: with that, yeah. yeah. And... Three of those children were alive at the time. One of them had died at an amusement park from electrocution. So just a pretty random death. Doesn't seem like anything suspicious yeah. about it. So that's... that's. I mean, it sucks, but it's fine. Um, considered to be mentally ill. And uh, she, they didn't really... Nobody really wanted her living on her own. And they had this foster home that they would have anywhere from, like, five to 25 kids at any one time. Which is... A lot of children. <laughs> that is too many children, especially if it's only the two of them, Arthur and Catherine, taking care of them. I mean, if there was some staff, okay.
0: And if, if Catherine would have been of sound mind, maybe.
1: No, A- Anna. Anna, sorry. A- Anna's the daughter. Yeah, yeah. Catherine was the, the the original wife, and Anna was the stepdaughter wife.
0: I'm sorry. I just don't like to think about that. It's
1: just so wrong, and yeah.
0: But that's- it's so close to pedophilia, but not quite pedophilia
1: pedophilia plus incest yeah like we don't, we don't I don't really have any ages for her so i don't know you
0: know if she was under it's 18. your kid it's yeah your kid. yeah it's yeah it's
1: it's it's
0: it's kind of like what lutherans are to catholics <laughs> this is to pedophilia and incest <laughs> it's kind of the same thing it's but uh, not really
1: we're gonna make two two portmanteaus in one episode absolutely pedophiline oh <laughs> let me try that again Kay pedophile incest (laughs)
0: oh i like that so you Catholics scare me by the way (laughs) your church is like the real life slytherin
1: you know there's like a lot of them yeah i know like a lot you just like offended like like 40 percent of our listeners tell it
0: right to your face (laughs) say it right to your face
1: I do you think they need to examine some of their issues? Um, We're from Pennsylvania. At, at the top, yeah, yeah, shit's going down yeah. here. Secrets being uncovered, left and right.
0: And Up it's really and down depressing. East and west, yeah. it is stuff that in fifty years somebody will be making a pod. I'm sure there's <laughs> podcasts about it now. Absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, so yeah, there was that theory. And Philadelphia Police Lieutenant Tom Augustine interviewed the foster father and the stepdaughter Mm -hmm. slash wife in 1998. So they very well might still be alive and listening at this point. Yeah. And he went, I see nothing wrong here. We're closing (laughs) this investigation. Oh, boy. So
1: there was also um, a man told the police. He's like, okay, so my half-brother, this is years later, he said my brother went missing around this same time. Uh he was a little bit older than me. So this guy had to have been pretty young when this actually happened. Um and but you know my my family kept the secret for for ages and ages. So I'm finally coming out with it. And but the the you know you guys created a, a bust of the the boy in the box and it looks a lot like um my this is a weird my father, now dead. Um
0: Well, if my father, oh yeah, 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 because family, family resemblance, resentment. yeah, okay. Yeah. I,
1: my brain just kind of checked out for a minute, but it's it's checking back in. I promise. No problem. No problem. <laughs> it's not the beer.
0: <laughs> it's always the beer.
1: <laughs> I've, I've noticed on crime podcasts, mm-hmm. where, where there's two hosts, there's always one who's a drinker and one who's
0: not. <laughs> it's so funny. And oddly enough, like the horrible one is the one that's sober. Probably lean closer to the mic. <laughs> and horribly enough, the one that's... Sorry, my leg was cramping. Oh, listeners. sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the horrible one is the sober one on this one. It's not
1: that I'm drunk. I've, always, I've had, like, one beer in the past, like, hour and a half. He
0: gets kinder <laughs> as he gets drunker.
1: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there was... They, they weren't able to really make any connection. And then they... Well, years pass. Years and years and years. Are we talking about Martha now? Um, I think Martha comes along. Let's, let's, let's do a little, um, narratively. Yeah. Let's, um, cause Martha was t- 2002. So let's right. talk about the, the exhumation in 1998. Let's do
0: the exhumation. And we'll edit this out. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I've been told, and I listen to these and I, I see it sometimes too. So I know, I know that you do edit some mm-hmm. stuff out, but, uh, I was, I was talking to, uh, one of our friend's daughters who is under underage and I won't mention her, but she's like, yeah, you guys always say you're going to edit stuff out and then
0: you don't. <laughs> <laughs> there's some stuff there's a lot of editing that goes uh, oh absolutely i know See, yeah. i
1: know because i'm here yeah so i'm like no you don't know <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah there's a ton of and then there's certain things that i i listen back to and i go that's funny that's got to stay in i think it's funnier if i leave it. In- we'll edit this part out yeah
1: i think it's funnier too yeah. yeah yeah so but we actually probably will edit that out um just because it's more business talk you know it's no, it's, it's, it's process <laughs> it's process yeah. Um so okay so 1998 so we're talking 41 years after the discovery of of the boy in the box they exhumed his body and they took from his tooth uh mitochondrial dna so they decided to try and match this and it's just it's just amazing you know to to think that that the, the mystery has endured for so long and and fascinated so many people um in, in law enforcement and, and outside alike that the he, people continue to try and find out this boy's identity or some connection to him
0: i think i think it's a thing where it's the thought of a life stolen mm-hmm. this is yes. this isn't this isn't some 18-year-old girl that was hitchhiking and is kind of responsible for herself maybe just starting out you know this isn't this isn't a 32-year-old man who gets clubbed to death by the side of the road changing his tire one night by people who won his wallet. This is a guy. This is a little guy that did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who should have had his whole life in front of him whose main concern was what color Hot Wheels I'm going to buy.
1: Yeah, that should have been it.
0: Yeah, I think back in those days it wasn't Hot Wheels. I think the cars were actually called Johnny Lightnings. but Or
1: just playing with his Lincoln Logs. Yeah,
0: yeah. That should have been this poor kid's main concern and somebody took that from him. Mm -hmm. Somebody absolutely took that from him. And I think there's, I think it's that nurturing part of humanity. And I think that's a beautiful part of humanity. Is it a drive? Is it an instinct? Absolutely. But I think it's, I think it's that nurturing instinct where to this day, to this day, if I had the money, I would throw it towards trying to find this boy's killer. Just to, just to show people or his family. Yeah. Or his, yeah, his name. Give him a yeah. name. Yeah. You
1: know, like give him, give him that much instead of him being America's unknown boy. Or
0: the boy in the box. The
1: boy in the box. Yeah. Which is just, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it is this drive that we have to not only solve a mystery, but to, to put a name on something that has gone, right. you know, someone who has gone unnamed for far too long. To
0: write a wrong exactly. the best way we can. When... There's nothing we can do that will write this wrong, mm-hmm. but we can. I don't wanna make fun of this. So uh, the phrase I was going to use was polish a turd. I'm not gonna make fun of this. To make this the best possible situation out of this horrible situation.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, because when this happened, when whatever scum of the earth did this, they not only took away all of his possibilities, they took away his identity, too. Yeah. And that is, I mean, I've had my identity stolen, and I can remember the feeling in my in the pit of my stomach just finding out that they had had my social security number. Like, I knew that they had some information, mm. but I didn't know that much. And when that, it hit me, like, deep, because that is such an identifying thing, you know, my college used the last four digits for our student IDs when we were really much more stupid than we are now um but yeah like even that tiny part of my id somebody stealing my name you know my my who i am that's that's uh, i mean it's beyond unforgivable and and we want to give him that
0: back and honestly yeah this is this is a lot worse because if you think about it in this weird sort of way christy is still out there even some even somebody's using your at least using it this poor kid has no identity yeah, it's nothing, whatsoever.
1: Yeah. It's just been erased. Yeah. And apparently erased even from memory, if we can, you know, since we don't have anybody coming forward. So, yeah. So they they exhumed him. And um, it's it's tough. Uh, the the de- databases that we have now, the biggest ones that have the biggest pull, Ancestry.com. Um, I'm pretty sure 23andMe... Uh, I know uh, myheritage.com, which I used for my own DNA tests and which the more I like, more time goes by, the more I think it sounds so horribly racist because <laughs> Heritage is such a dog whistle. I'm always like, what did I do? Oh, I, no. Sorry, I, they're never going to sponsor us. Um, so, but they use the mouth swab and it's not the same. And and there are, I learned when I was figuring out like what kind of DNA, DNA test I wanted to do. There are different types of, of DNA because we wanted to give it to my mother-in-law. She doesn't have any male relatives uh, alive. And, and there's this whole thing like uh, beyond my, you know, above her, from, like from her generation or prior to.
0: From what I understand, the mitochondrial DNA, there's these little tiny cells. They're like, they're, they're these little tiny creatures. Mm-hmm. And they're actually their own creature. They're the powerhouse of the cell. We have a symbiotic relationship on a cellular level with mitochondria. They are their own creature. Um, and they essentially, they're the powerhouse of the cell. Mm-hmm. They're what give us body heat, that whole shebang, right? But you only get it from your mother.
1: Yes, it's maternal. It's maternal right. DNA. Right. And so then there's also the, the, the DNA that you get from your your father's side Nuclear of the family. Nuclear DNA. Yeah. And then so, so that, if you don't have any male relatives... You know, that's useless um, because she would need to find a male relative to to track that down or something like that. I could be totally wrong, but I just know that I specifically chose my heritage because it was it was perfect for her as well. So because we were buying, you know, buy two, get one free,
0: whatever. Um, And here's here's a weird thought to think of. I'm from Pennsylvania. My family's always lived in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Your family's from Pennsylvania. Yep. There is a very real possibility we're related to this poor boy.
1: Oh, yeah. We absolutely could be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't think that my dad's side trekked too far, too close to Philadelphia. They, they stayed uh, mostly in actually, um, you know, my dad's youth and everything, at New York State. Um, and then eventually migrated down to Tennessee. I say migrated like they moved countries. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's just Tennessee. Uh, and... But yeah, like my mom's side of the family, I don't know a whole lot about them. That could be, you know, they certainly could be, you know, you could be related. One of us could be related. Any one of us, Jackson's family. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because most. Any one of our our friends. Yeah. Most of our friends, they're not transplants. Yeah. They're lifelong Pennsylvania. I
1: think Jackson and I are the only transplants in the group. I'm pretty sure. Everybody else I think is from here. Yeah. People have left and come back. Yeah. Johnstown has this weird pull people yeah. leave and then they come back it's super weird because it you would think n- that they, it they was, would just stay away it
0: was too nice where i was yeah.
1: there were too many amenities <laughs> um so yeah uh that 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 caused a little problem the sample that they got um you know years had passed degradation had occurred so the quality wasn't great Um, and so that, that does make it more difficult. I did hear recently that they're able to, like the, the degradation, I don't think this could help, but they are able as the years go on to use smaller and smaller pieces of DNA. So the pieces of DNA, you know, the samples that they may have gotten 10 years ago that they couldn't use then they could use now. So that does provide some hope both for, both for this case and for any others that happened in previous years that, you know, like as, as technology gets better and better, were were able to you know put a finer point on it so so that was good and then you have this this wonderful group the Vidoc Society did I pronounce that douchily?
0: I think so Vidoc. Huh. Vidocq
1: oh 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 kind of my cigarette.
0: Debris. <laughs> <cheese>. Debris <Larson. laughs>
1: Oh, we gotta find some light somewhere. Yeah. So uh dark podcast man. <laughs> dark, dark. We're gonna we're gonna need to find a light one for next
0: week. Oh God, help me. So
1: um yeah the the Vidocq society I, that's just it's it's what's happening. All yeah, right? just that's fine. Everybody deal with it. That's fine. <laughs> and leave us a five star review telling me how much you love my pronunciation of the
0: Or leave us a five star <laughs> review telling me how much you don't appreciate my my pronunciation of the <laughs> vida vida so american um
1: so yeah this Vidoc society this is policemen uh, i think mostly retired but i think there's probably some some current uh you know people in the ranks profilers all all everybody throughout the the crime scene and the, like the forensics everything they help to solve cold cases they don't necessarily instigate it on their own i went to their website to check out their mission statement and everything but if you come to them um, not a family member. Mm-hmm. It has to be actually law enforcement reaching out. If you come to them, they will give their assistance however they can, if possible. And this was interesting because I was curious where they got the name. You don't see, and this is Philadelphia based, mm-hmm. so you don't see a French name attached to a group of policemen
0: and forensics specialists
1: in and, Pennsylvania. And
0: most of the French names in this area... Have been, been anglicized. Amer- yeah, yeah. Even, even to the point, not just people's names, but city names. There is a town very close to us called, you would look at it and go, oh, that's Dubois. Nope, nope.
1: not in Pennsylvania. It's
0: the hilariously named Dubois. Dubois.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: Michael just Jackson Dubois. visited there. <laughs> oh, God. He was disappointed. <laughs> oh, he I'm... Moonwalked right out of there. <laughs>
1: I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Um, so I was curious about this. I looked them up. They they didn't say this on their website, but once I looked up Vidocq, I actually obviously was able to make the connection. Right. Eugene Francois Vidocq, um, who he uh, lived from 1775 to 1857. He was a criminal who turned into a criminalist. His... People loved his life story. It was very inspirational. You know, this turn from the, the, the dark side to the light side. Um, uh, he, Victor Hugo, Edgar Allan Poe, Honoré de Balzac.
0: There it is. I'm not even doing it. <laughs> I'm not even going to say it. I left it wide open. low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I'm not going to reach for it. You know what I'm thinking. I know what I'm thinking. It doesn't have to be said. <laughs>
1: okay. I think I think you went in the right direction yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. Um, But they all wrote, you know, uh, wrote about him in in, in various places. He became the founder and the first director of Sûreté Nationale, which was a crime detection and solving agency.
0: I've seen the Pink Panther.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. We used to watch those movies when I was little. My mom loved Pink Panther so much. My dad, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I can still I can feel I can hear the theme song in my head right now. I haven't Mm -hmm. even thought of that for years. That's so funny. Um, So, yeah, he started the Pink Panthers. Uh, and he was the head of the... Sounds like
0: a gay street gang.
1: <laughs> it really does now. He was the head of the very first known private detective agency. That
0: is This guy! Awesome. We're going
1: to do a whole episode on Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Maybe even a two-parter. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of material on him. It's going to be super fun. I can't wait. Maybe we'll do it next week in order to lighten things up a little. Some guy <laughs>
0: went, you know what? They're not going to let me be a cop. I'll do it myself. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it was. Yeah, and he yeah. was really good at it because he knew... He knew the way a criminal thought because he could think himself.
1: Yes, yeah. yes, that is so true. He's thought of as the father of modern criminology and the very first private detective. This why guy, it's not, amazing.
0: Why are we not screaming this guy's name from the rooftop? I
1: know he seems to have been a huge found, like 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 the just the basically the genesis of modern crime solving. Like, right, it's amazing. And I
0: had never heard of the guy. And neither had I. Yeah, yeah, this was a revelation. But instead, we get like Sherlock Holmes. We who's get fictional? Philip Marlowe, who's fictional. We get, you know, Sam Spade, fictional, Nero Wolfe, f-
1: fictional. I haven't read any on him, so <laughs>
0: I've read all the yeah, other ones. You would like Nero Wolfe. Okay. I'll have Nero, to look at him. Nero Wolfe was like a 400 pound detective who solved cases because he couldn't leave his house. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. But was he fictional or not? He was fictional. Okay. All right. Fi- can you name one detective? And you're not allowed to save a note. <laughs> can you name one actual detective? Private detective that we haven't talked about on our podcast.
1: Private detective that we haven't talked about on our podcast. Well you just said Marlowe and Sam Spade
0: and True. Like a true one. Like a, a non fictional private detective. I got nothing. Neither do I. I can't think of a single one. Yeah. And that's kind of a goddamn shame. These guys they're they're real heroes. You know, and we don't know their names.
1: Yeah, that's that's really yeah. I mean, the the, the ones who, who do it for the good, not the ones who are like, yeah, I'll find your cheating wife, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, I guess that's still good. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, honesty and, and everything, but it's not necessarily a noble cause. It's, right. It's not going out and, and trying to make sure that the, the people who actually, like, you know, physically harm other people, the people who skulk in the darkness, it's not, it's not going out and trying to find See, those
0: people. But even, like, the fictional detectives you know, you have Sherlock Holmes who was an opium addict. Well, yeah. You know, (laughs) and and kind of self-centered and sociopathic. Um... You know, Sam Spade, he was just out for himself. Yeah. Uh, that's Mike true. Hammer was just kind of out for himself. There's
1: very much, a, I think, uh, an, an out for himself lone wolf yeah. type quality to that particular private
0: detective trope. Right.
1: And now we're getting into tropes, which is my other podcast. There we go. <laughs> so, Fick versus Flick. Listen to us.
0: Um, Good morning, Cybertron. Probably shouldn't listen to us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love your honesty. So, they, as we said in the intro, They reburied him. Uh, because he'd, he'd originally been buried in a potter's field, which is just, an, uh, it's really an, an additional indignity on, yeah. on top of the, the, the yeah. horrifying indignity of having his, his whole entire life and identity and presence stolen.
0: Here's this land that we weren't really using anyway, and we aren't going to build condos on it yet. And whenever we do, we're not even going to, we're just going to move the headstones.
1: Yeah, and we're, we're, we're tossing all the unknown bodies here too. Yeah. So, you know, here you go, kid. It's it's really, it's just depressing. It's I understand that, I, I guess I understand the need for it. I don't like it. Yeah. Um. It feels so undignified and so <clears throat> just tossing aside. Yeah. it's, it's a tossing aside and he was I He's
0: trash once, he's trash a second exactly. time. Exactly. Oh yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. But he is reburied in a beautiful cemetery, Ivy Hill Cemetery, in Cedar Brook, Philadelphia, in a donated plot. Did you look up pictures of this cemetery? Mm-mm. It is gorgeous. Oh really? It is a gorgeous and it's it's a beautiful cemetery. I'll post some on the social media. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Um, they did. They also uh, launched a website. So you think 1957, when this boy died, the word website. Yeah. People would be like, "Is that a the, the spot where I found the spider web and I, I brushed it aside with the broom last week?" You yeah. know, like it, it wasn't even a thing. It's amazing how
0: permanent this case yeah. actually is. How
1: much is it, it? It's endured. The city people of Philadelphia. They decorate the grave. Uh, I believe still to this day with flowers and stuffed animals. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's 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 very it's very touching. Um. And then we come to two thousand two. This is this is a weird <sighs> development, and there's some there's some specifics in here that might get a little. Um, a little unpleasant a little more unpleasant than what we've already been discussing so just you know be forewarned and if you know if you if you're sensitive to the you know this kind of stuff maybe be prepared to hit the stop button just because you know we don't want to take anybody by surprise we haven't gotten into any gory details but this story kind of does get into them and some of the theories brought forth because of it gets into the gory details so I just want to make sure that anybody who who might be sensitive to this you know is, is ready to walk away if necessary and we will hold no hard feelings yeah. if you do yeah
0: yeah Honestly, this is the point where if you if you want to bow out, hey, we'll see you next week. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We'll see you next week. There'll be another show next week.
1: Maybe, maybe about
0: the doc. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> With
1: me pronouncing it that way constantly, yeah. and you'll hate me.
0: <laughs> but in two thousand two, February of two thousand two, which I kind of find it weird, a lot of this stuff happens in like the winter months. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You've got basically November and February are the big months yeah. throughout
0: this case. Yeah. This woman shows up, M. M, yes. Also known as Martha.
1: And then in one article, one or two articles, I did find her referenced as Mary. So that okay. kind of threw me off a little bit. But I think, well, let's just go with Martha.
0: Yeah, Martha is what we'll do. Since that with. seemed
1: to be the, the, the majority of the references.
0: Now, Martha testifies to the police that she knows who America's unknown child is. But it's kind of tainted because she does have a history of mental illness. Martha says that her mother purchased the boy from from its parents in 1954
1: I want to pause to make sure that it's tainted by the police because in their view, her mental illness sort of taints this, this evidence. This I don't a, discount it.
0: This has a ring of truth.
1: It does have a ring of truth. I don't discount it. I don't, I don't think mental illness, like anybody with mental illness, should be automatically discarded on that point.
0: And honestly, if Martha witnessed all this and then was forced to help hide the body... Yeah, she, she would! She would have a history of mental illness.
1: Absolutely! Yeah. yeah!
0: Who wouldn't? Exactly. I've gone
1: through much less than I have a history of mental illness. Same. <laughs>
0: the same. Uh... So it, it, the boy, Martha says the boy was subjected- abu- to violent abuse and malnourishment for two and a half years kept in the basement, yeah um described as being
1: handicapped in some way, which I don't think is the word of the day anymore, um, but was the word of the day back then uh wasn't able to speak, which tears at my heart absolutely. Yeah.
0: And it was a thing, if this boy was around three, my younger brother didn't speak until he was three. Yeah, some, some, the speech delays are absolutely a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And if, if somebody would have worked with this poor boy... He probably could have spoken,
1: but if he's kept in the basement and if he's right. abused, or if they, you know, like they, they, if they abuse him when he talks, malnourished—that's a growing yeah. brain.
0: It's not just exactly, a growing yeah. body; it's a growing brain. And those
1: young years are so important, absolutely, both for like brain development for speech development. So, so it, the it may have it, it may have been a case of of uh, nurture or not nature—the mm-hmm. the inability to speak, mm-hmm. or rather, lack of nurture, right. or the you know direct opposite of nurture.
0: So, Martha says that they had finally given this boy a dinner of baked beans. Remember, in his throat was found a brown, viscous substance. Yeah. Which would be the brown sugar, the ketchup, in the baked beans. And the mother flipped out and beat this boy's head off the hard floor. Yeah. Um, and in cleaning up the blood and the vomit off this poor boy... They gave him a bath, and during the bath, he died.
1: And it should be noted that he was found with uh, his, his fingers and feet were wrinkled. Right. So and that were, could
0: be the bath. There was a lot of stuff about, well, that could have happened post-death. No, it can't. Your skin does not prune after death. You have to have nerve response mm, in your fingers. Absolutely, yeah. It's not the that water, makes sense. it's not the water seeping in. I mean, I don't know in. anything
1: about this, so I'm yeah. really relying on you to tell yeah.
0: the, to it, be like, <laughs> like Right. It's not the accurate. water. It's not the water seeping in. Mm-hmm. Um, it is your skin's response. The nerves in the skin actually cause it to prune so that you have better grip in a wet environment.
1: Holy there, fuck, the human body is...
0: Yeah. I,
1: I, I frequently in my therapist's office will say that the human brain is stupid, but I'm right now saying the human body is smart. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that is smart. That is awesome. Absolutely. That is that, And it makes perfect sense.
0: What I'm saying is there's no nerve impulses. Mm-hmm. That skin is not going to prune. Yeah. And the reason the skin stayed pruned after two or three days is because the boy was still alive in the bath. The skin had pruned. And the nerve response is stopped.
1: Yeah, it just it just froze that way. Just
0: froze that way. So, no, this boy was still alive whenever he was in the bath. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Um,
1: so it's basically, he vomits either before or during the bath. There's the fit of rage. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the timeline is a little skewed. Um, but yeah, this is, this is Martha, quote-unquote. She's, she's Yeah, it's, it's very much, quote-unquote, um, Martha's. Uh, and this part killed me. I had to put it in here to... Um, uh, severely piss off barb um martha's mother worked as a librarian and i was like are you kidding me no librarians are supposed to be they're supposed to have buns and they're supposed to be very interested in you reading and they're supposed to be kindly and then shush you if you get too loud they're not supposed to do horrifying things like this that
0: bitch i'm sure there's professors out there and i'm sure there's customer call reps and i'm sure there's drum teachers out there that are fucking horrible monsters
1: yeah, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> here's
0: here's the problem with monsters. We have this image of like a serial killer. Like you see all the pictures of like Jack the Ripper and you have this picture of like 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 you know the horrible person that abuses their kids. No, the sad fact that it is, it isn't some guy in a trench coat hunched over with a sinister grin and a twirling mustache.
1: It's the average person you walk past in the grocery store.
0: Yeah. Average looking person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 You're right. You're absolutely right. You know, and I, I shouldn't, I know better than to, you know, believe every trope, but it's still like, I was like, mm, you're doing a disservice to the name of librarians. Monsters and are
0: real and they hide amongst us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And they yeah. hide in, in every 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 nook and cranny. Absolutely. And, oh, that,
0: so. Martha's mother's, uh, Martha's mother, cuts the boy's hair, to kind of disguise who he is, uh, and forced Martha to help her dispose of the body. And it was a thing where they were. Martha said that they were at the side of the road getting rid of the body. Mm-hmm. They have they have the box, and that Martha's mother made Martha stand in front of the license plate because some guy passed by, a male motorist, passed by and saw them and went, Hey, you guys, you guys broken down? You need some help? Yeah, yeah. You know? Now, here's this thing. Everybody kind of went, this woman's nuts. No. But let's say, known only to the police. Confidential testimony
1: right. given in 1957 by a male witness. Mm-hmm.
0: What was not known to anybody, 1957, A man came and said, Hey, I saw this car. Known only to the police. Again, the boys' last meal was baked beans. Known only to the police. Known only to police. The fingers were water wrinkled.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's there's there's just so many connections. It's,
0: It's too much. It's too much to go. No, Martha's just crazy. Martha hit it better than Florence did. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's yeah, true. If, that's if true.
0: Martha's not 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 psychic, if she's not telling the truth, then she needs to have her own 900 number with some weird flowing music in the background because there's something going on there. And I'm sorry, I believe Martha 100%. Well, you
1: are not alone because uh, there is a Philadelphia Inquirer article written in the past couple of years, I think it was 2016, by uh, a Tommy Rowan. Very very good article um, that that interviews uh, Bill Fleischer who is a member of Vidoc Every time I say it, I just get more and more douchey. I don't care. You need to add a little ha-ha!
0: at the end of it.
1: <laughs> member of Vodok. There it is. <laughs> um, and this is Bill Fleischer. He believes that, and they, this is where they reference her as Mary. So, but I'm going to keep referencing her as Martha just for consistency. He believes that Martha was telling the truth. There's also Martha's psychiatrist who, you know, the psychiatrist had been told the story by Martha. They believe the psychiatrist. Um, He says, and this is a quote, Even if Mary studied the case, even if she had access to the files, she said things that mathematically, if you go by all probability, to me, I think were 8,000 to 1 that she's lying. Addresses lined up, testimony checked out, descriptions matched. They couldn't actually confirm anything. They couldn't, you know, say like, yes, this is definitely true. Mm-hmm. But they also couldn't completely rule it out either. Um, she sat down. They, they, he, he brought three of the main investigators. So you have the uh, Doc Society, Vidoc Society investigators, Joseph McGillan and William Kelly. They were two of the first men on the scene that day, the day that the body was found or the day that it was reported rather. Um, And then also Philadelphia detective, Tom Augustine, she sat down with them when they walked away. They were all like, yep, she's telling the truth. They were, they completely bought it. And, but then something happened. Her real name got leaked. She fled the country. I mean, this woman is... If if this is true, she has gone through shit. If it's not true, she knows she's lying and wants to get away from it. Even if it's true and other people think it's lying... That even if it's true and other people think she's lying, they're probably harassing her. You know, that's why she wanted to stay confidential. Yeah,
0: and this was not a woman who had the soundest mental stability in the world. Yeah,
1: she's she seems to have gone through some shit one way or the other. Right, and you I'm know, not if, making fun of her. If she's, if she's lying, then something's fucked up in her history to make her lie. If she's telling the truth, something's fucked up in her history.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: and we know exactly what it is.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So, yeah, that was... That ended up going, um, you know, unfortunately, petering out. But I cannot blame her for, for fleeing. And, Absolutely. and fuck whoever leaked her name. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. This woman is trying to do, you know, something. If she's telling the truth, she's trying to do something good. If she's not, then come with some fucking proof that she's lying, you know, instead of just leaking her name to be a dick or to make some money or something. And,
0: you know, it, it was probably something she had to be. I'm trying to find the right wor- word here. I don't want to use the word pressured. I don't want to use the word goaded. I'm going to say strongly suggested by her psychologist. If she's told her psychologist this, and I I kind of know the way this, if I would say something like this to my shrink, Mm -hmm. they would go, you need, you need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. They would say it's your choice, but you need to do this. So this was probably something that she had to be strongly encouraged To do by people she trusted. And then it comes back to bite her in the ass. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And that's, yeah, it's, it's upsetting one way or the other. It's upsetting. So, yeah, we have that theory, which went, um, you know, kind of petered out because of that. Um, You have uh, the... Forensic artist uh, Frank Bender, uh, he released a sketch g- referring back to the theory about this actually being a boy um, being raised as a girl. He actually in two thousand eight made a sketch uh, that that basically took the the strands of hair found on the body from the haircut mm-hmm. and like incorporated them into the hairstyle in order to actually reflect what the length of the hair and maybe like style of the hair might have looked like in order to try to like pre- present a different possible version that some people might maybe recognize.
0: Right. And this is this is one of the things where yeah, everything he says makes sense. The eyebrows were styled on this boy. The hair was cut mm-hmm. to make it look more masculine. So it did uh, I say it he did have longer hair. The fingernails were trimmed. Uh you know, and this is one of those cases where you kind of look at it and you go Okay, not every theory fits, but you kind of look at it and you go, you know what, Bender's theory of the boy being raised female fits in with Martha's theory Mm -hmm. quite well. Martha was very young whenever this happened. She wouldn't have had any really good, strong concept of what gender is. Although
1: she did state that he was being raised under the name Jonathan. Yeah. So there is that that kind of conflicts with the the possibility of it being him being raised as a girl.
0: You are right. You are right. I concede to that. Mm-hmm. I concede to that. So but it, it normally Christy and I whenever we come to like a little thing we have a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 where we go. She's she's I haven't won once. I'm a weak man. I'm I'm just you know, I'm a She's wiry. She's, <laughs> she's wiry. She's very fast. I'm, I'm, I'm slick. I'm, I'm fast. I'm, like the punches aren't strong. It's like being stung by a bee, but a hundred <laughs> bee stings will kill you. And, and you can, won't
1: see them coming. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was it you
1: said back when I was in Derby that I slid through that, that like pack a, like, like a, a...
0: hot knife. Uh, like, oh, like she was made of smoke.
1: No, no, I think it was actually, a, it was the hot knife. It was, it was a hot knife through a kitten. Yes, that's
0: right. I said hot knife through a kitten. <laughs>
1: that was, I was like, that's the weirdest compliment I've ever received. Thank you. <laughs> You're
0: welcome. <laughs> now, we do have another theory, um, but this one, unfortunately, went nowhere. 2016, just three short years ago, Yeah. writers Jim Hoffman and Louis Romano discover a potential ID from uh, someone living in Memphis, Tennessee. They got the DNA from the suspected family member, no connection, none whatsoever.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, and the the Vidalc Society, you know, tried to, um, help out with us too, uh, and it just, it, yeah, it went nowhere, they, they, um... The DNA taken from the, uh, the Memphis man, they compared it, no connection. So once again, we have yet another lead that turns cold, very frustrating. The, the um, NECMEC, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, they've released a forensic facial reconstruction uh, of, the, of the boy, they've put him in their database uh, so that that can help. I believe that the Doe Network You've heard of the Doe Network? Yes, yes, yes. They uh, they basically try to you know compare Doe victims, you know John and Jane Doe, and you know th- there's other names given to them, other first names given to them, to you know other like missing persons to missing persons cases, and and with help from the public, you know this is this is like I, I believe I haven't looked deeply into it, but I believe it's a publicly accessible database where you can like look at these and try to connect them to actual like other cases. It's pretty fascinating. Um, Just another great use of technology. Also, when I went to the dentist the other day, they, they used a laser to help with an ulcer on my gums. So <laughs> we're living in fucking Star Trek, dude. That's, finally. <laughs> yeah, they were like, here, finally. put on your laser glasses. And I'm like, you have no idea how happy those words just made me. Yes, these are horrible, ugly glasses, but I'm so happy right now.
0: <laughs> if we're really in the future, though, where are my big-titted, green-skinned women that I can just cavort with? Where's the, the, the six-boobed... Uh... <laughs> Blue woman. <laughs> I don't know if I want the six boobs.
1: I mean, that's more that's to a love. a lot of
0: boobs. Bam. I'd rather have six, six boobs worth in two boobs <laughs> than six separate boobs. So confirmed. Scott is a boob man.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, look. No titties and a big ass will fill a man's hands. But big titties and no ass fills a man's heart. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not going to put it on the episode, Art That's a goddamn shirt sure. So, yeah, and then we have uh, right up to uh, just August It's 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 kind of nice I know we, we broke our rule a little bit by creeping forward in the 50s But it's kind of nice to be able to at least have something That has some fairly recent connections Right, yeah. right August it's- 2018, as we mentioned Barbara Ray Ventner helped find the, the, the Golden State Killer uh, She's a genetic genealogist And so you know she's she's trying she she's on the case too it's you know and and that's that's heartening it's it makes it more possible and it would be absolutely amazing
0: wouldn't it be great to have like a a follow up episode oh my god for an old timey
1: crimey even one where we cheated a little bit yeah I was like yeah we did cheat
0: we did (laughs) as soon as I saw it I was
1: like should I text Scott no, it's later in the week. He's probably already done the. Re- no, we'll just do it. Whatever. It's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Don't don't fuck with us. Yeah, <laughs> you've heard my about my punches. A <laughs> hundred bee stings. But
0: this is Blow like
1: a butterfly sting. Like a hundred bees. Sting like one hundred bees. <laughs> 100
0: bees. Yeah. Fuck you, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah. He said about the dead man that everyone loves.
1: <laughs> really courting, uh, courting the listenership there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those numbers are just going to fly up. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Did you hear about what he said about Muhammad Ali? <laughs> Drunkily. <laughs> We're drunk. I haven't had a lot of sleep in the last couple of days. Oh, you
1: need to get some rest. Uh, it's,
0: it, it's one of those things where my roommate woke me up on, on, uh, on tuesday i normally don't work on tuesdays oh and i had to work a 10-hour shift on tuesday oh. so and my shift is 8 p.m to six thirty a.m right so my my roommate woke me up at 11 he needed to ask a favor of me and it was just like well i'm up and now i haven't it's been it's been days, and I still oh, haven't got my mojo back. That it's, sucks. Yeah, and I work tomorrow. Uh, I work tomorrow at eight p.m., and it's just I'm going to really like this week. I'm going to have the three days off in a row, and I'm really going to monopolize those three days. Absolutely, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I've done the I've done the night shift thing uh, when I was in when I was in college actually as as a waitress, mm-hmm. um, and it really, especially if you have a hard time like adjusting your sleep schedule. Oh God, this one Christmas, my mom, I had just come off, it's Christmas Eve. I had just come off a, a night shift. It's like 7am and she's like, all right, she's, she's getting ready for work. She's like, I need you to go come to work with me and then we can have breakfast together and then you can do all this Christmas shopping. And literally I'm sitting in like our entryway. I lean up against the wall and I'm out cold. Yeah. And then she proceeds to wake me up and make me drive all over town, which thanks mom, real safe. I could have passed out at any moment.
0: My mom did that to me. I used to have a night shift job straight out of college. I, you know, whenever you're out of college, you have this dream of like, I'm going to find my job right away.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: No. Yeah, you're my dream
1: job. It's right there within my grasp.
0: My first job straight out of college was delivering newspapers. Mm -hmm. So I went from being a like this this cream of the crop college musician to paper boy. (laughs) But not nearly as fun as the old Nintendo game, um, and it was a thing where like I, I would get home about five thirty, fall asleep around six thirty after I wound down, mm-hmm. and my mom would wake me up at eleven, going, "You've slept long enough." Oh, it's like, oh Jesus! People Christ. don't
1: understand night shifts, no, and they don't understand sleep. They just they just don't get it. Yeah, it was it was uh, that was rough. And then also that Christmas ended up. I'm not going to go into the full story because it would be very embarrassing for a a family member of mine. But due to certain circumstances, we ended up actually, I was my mom's Santa, so I would wrap all the presents. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind, it's like 2 a.m. I haven't slept yet. I worked all night. I shopped all day. I wrapped all the presents half the night. I'm just getting ready for bed. And for reasons that I will not go into, we have to have Christmas right then at 3 a.m. And it's... It shouldn't have happened. I'll, I'll say that much. But so it's 3 a.m. And I'm like hauling my ass down to the living room. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? You expect me to unwrap presents? I've been up for like 36 goddamn hours. I wrapped them. Yes. Are I literally you... just finished wrapping them.
0: You're undoing all my hard work, you <laughs> bastards. Ho, ho, ho.
1: Yeah, so that was a rough Christmas. But it's still, it's a funny story to tell in retrospect. Um, but... It was, it was definitely rough. So basically it was just that my, my baby brother was sick and my mom was trying to console him. And she's like, well, there's presents downstairs. Yeah. And so I was, I was, I was on the third floor. That was where my room was. I was in the attic and I heard her say those words and I was like, Oh no, you didn't
0: lock the doors. <laughs> At that point, I think I probably would have slept outside. I don't care, <laughs> yeah, Christmas. I I don't care if it's December <laughs> and it's cold. It's like I, you know what—if I freeze to death, I'm still going to get some rest out of this. <laughs> yeah. And bonus, I don't have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh
1: my god! At least I got Christmas off. Oh. Man. <gasps> so, all right. Uh, I guess what's up for the weekend?
0: For the weekend, I work. Mm. I work. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been watching Lucifer on Netflix. Nice. And. Uh, so I've got three episodes of that left. I'll probably finish that up tonight. And then, yeah, go to work tomorrow night. Work until 6.30. Um, and, yeah, that's my life. I work, and I look forward to this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to this
1: so much every week. I have, um, I can say this now because this won't be released for two weeks. So, uh, you know, I, obviously I'm a Game of Thrones fan. Jackson and I have literally watched every single episode together. The next to last episode is on Sunday. Wow guess who's going on a business trip and leaving on Sunday and not coming back until Tuesday so I'm like I don't don't even know the last episode I was like having a panic attack I was freaking
0: out Um, my favorite character got died got killed like right off screen they're removing the coffee cup digitally from all future
1: episodes oh R.I.P. Starbucks mug press F (laughs) Mm for respects i love the way that hbo responded to that they were like the coffee cup cup in the or the starbucks cup and the scene was a mistake daenerys no got shit. a latte and she had actually ordered an herbal tea oh, man. <laughs> that's what they said so, that was a good way that was a nice like way of like swinging it yeah so everybody
0: dicks out for starbucks <laughs>
1: On that note, I don't know if I'm going to be avoiding the internet or watching the show early. I don't I haven't figured out what
0: to do yet. Watching it by myself, which is like uh, I don't know if I can do that. Well, now wait a minute. I think there's a solution here that you're not seeing. Um hibernate? <laughs> so, it's Jackson that's going on the business trip, correct? Yeah. Okay. And you're staying behind? Yeah. I would just go into Google Hangouts. You can still watch it together. That's
1: a possibility we've brought up, but there's so much like socializing too on these business trips that I worry that it would be like I would be taking him away from, you know, important socializing with his coworkers. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like and they'd be like, Wait none of, and none of them watch Game of Thrones. Which I'm just like both of them Does he work with me clones? <laughs> I know, right? I was like, Don't any of them watch Game of Thrones? He was like, No, none of them do. Wow. So it's kinda like like they, I don't know if they necessarily understand because they don't get the hype. And so, yeah, it's kind Just of...
0: Tell them, tell them, what are you going to be watching? Tits with a Chance of Dragons. <laughs> yes, yes. There's your Disney film.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Disney will definitely get behind oh, yeah. that, yeah. So, all right. Um, Yeah, I guess that's everything. Rate uh, us on iTunes. Five stars. You know you want to. We deserve it. Yes, yes. We deserve it. Talk about how douchey I sound while pronouncing the doc. Try to spell the doc. And then um, give us five stars. And it'll really confuse us, but that's okay. We live to be confused, and our therapists need more money.
0: Yeah, seriously. It's... Uh, like, apparently my insurance isn't covering a lot of it, so it's like, it's like $50 a session. My- I know, right? Yeah. Every
1: time I hand her that credit card for the copay, I'm like, it's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it, it's worth it.
0: I just... <laughs> I'm so sad. I need to, to pay to have somebody just listen to me. <laughs> at, least, at least if I hired a prostitute, I'd get an orgasm out of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, but your insurance won't cover that. That's true. That's
0: true. But... Thank you so much. And check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Reddit. There is an old timey, crimey subreddit
1: there. Yes. Oh, I should be posting the episodes there. I don't know what I'm thinking. I'm going to start on that this week. Yes, I'll add that to the list. And also on Twitter, we are there as well.
0: I am Scott. I am Christy. Thank you for listening.
1: See you next week.